On today's pod, we have a group of students who all had big plans this summer to travel, build careers, and expand their resumes. But as we all know too well, life's uncertainty had its own plans for us in 2020. And while hindsight might be 2020, foresight and responding with agility and open-mindedness can overcome any adversity. So please lean in and enjoy my conversation with Kayla, Ariba, and Ravi Tal. All right, everyone, welcome back to the pod. I have three wonderful student volunteers who I get to interrogate today and ask them lots of questions about how their life are going in different corners of the, the greater Toronto community. And they're all uh, classmates of yours. And so um, I want to first start by introducing Kayla, Ariba, and Ravital. Kayla, tell us about you. Hi, I'm Kayla. I'm going into my third year at Ryerson and I'm studying biology. I'm doing some work over the summer for Dr. Stephanie McQuarrie out east and in collaboration with Brian. Yeah, I'm in live in and Toronto we'll dig, and, uh, yeah. and we'll we'll dig dig deeper on that. Sorry, where do you live? Are you in De- Toronto proper or are you which part of the city? I'm in North York. North York. Do you live in an apartment building or a house? A house. So you can get to the street easy if you want to go for a walk? Yes, or my backyard if I want sunshine, yeah. Nice, okay. Ariba. Hi, um, my name is Ariba, and I'm also going into my third year at Ryerson, and um, I study biomedical sciences. And this summer, I had plans to participate in lab work and volunteering, but of, of course, because of the circumstances, it's not possible. So I guess I'll be using my time to study for the MCATs. I live in Markham. Ravitel? Hi, I'm Ravitel. I'm going into my third year in the fall in biomedical sciences. I was supposed to go abroad this summer and volunteer in an ambulance for around two months. But unfortunately, due to COVID, that got canceled. So I'm just probably going to volunteer with Kids Help Phone because you can do it online and just get involved with some other activities over the summer, maybe study for my MCAT. Awesome. And of course, you are all helping out with my little Sinai9 project, not just my podcast, which is amazing. (laughs) So I do thank you for that. Let's talk about how the semester ended. And then like just overview of like, how did the coursework school go? And then how did it transition from there? Because I I hear positivity in all of your voices. You've come to terms with the situation, it seems. But I know that it wasn't that way from the start. So Kayla, let's start with you again. How did your semester end? And then how did you transition out of that? And how do you feel now? Well, honestly, I was uh, so happy when we went online. And I talked to a lot of uh, my uh, friends and stuff, even at other schools, and kind of feel like I'm alone on that. But I found this, this semester ended like a little easier for me personally and I enjoyed the switch to online. What was it about that that made you feel that way? I think for me personally I'm don't learn very well in lecture environments so I liked the switch to online because I found that you know everything was a lot more accessible and all the information was kind of given to us right up front And, you know, a timeline was formed of kind of how we should be working through it. But ultimately, we were free to uh, work through things at our own pace. And I prefer learning when it's like that. And what were the tests like? Did your tests go okay? Yeah, they went good. Um, 
for some of my classes, like the profs decided to make them more open book with notes. So that was helpful. And then for the other ones that weren't like that, they still went very well. And I think it's because I also had all this extra time, you know, that I wasn't commuting or wasn't, you know, in other classes that I could focus a lot more um, energy and attention onto studying for certain things. Cool. And, and the transition out of that period now, so how, without getting too much into the opportunity that's up and that's being, that we'll talk about a little bit later on, mm-hmm. what about the transition now? Like, do you find that you're bored as hell or what, what's going on? I mean, I'm pretty bored. I don't appreciate not being able to see people, but you know, it is what it is, but it's not too, too bad because I've kind of been going back and forth between, you know, my mom's and my dad. So you know, switching it up every two weeks keeps it kind of like fresh and interesting, I guess. <laughs> Just enough time to break quarantine and then be, yeah. be, be secured for two weeks. Yep. Okay, we're healthy. And then you can move back to the other side. Pretty nice. much. Yeah. Awesome. Ariba, tell us about how your semester ended and how you transitioned out of it. So for me, I was super eager to go online because I think that day I heard that York had went online and UFT had also announced and Ryerson was still yet to announce. And I was just frustrated because like they weren't saying that they were going online and I really wanted to. So once they did, I thought, uh, yeah, this is what I wanted. I'm saving so much money and time commuting. And I always wanted this. I can just work from home and study from home and everything like that. But it didn't actually go like that because there was a lot of my midterms that were canceled that week. So I guess in my head, I was thinking, okay, school's over and I don't have to study anymore and there's nothing to do anymore. And then work kept piling on and I was like, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And then it's finals week. So in that aspect, I feel like I study way better when I go to school and I stay on top of my stuff better like that. When I'm sitting in lectures that I know like how far I am uh, behind on material. Sorry, and a lot of people need that regimen, right? Like they need that structure. Yeah, I need that, I guess, routine. Exactly. Like waking up, I need that waking up early. And I know like the commuting sucks, but like I kept, I I feel like it kept me, you know, all my, all my stuff, but I started waking up late, starting staying up late, you know, watching movies. It was, I was chilling a lot more than I should have been. And so did you pay any heavy price academically um, for that? No, I caught myself early on and I think I do well writing tests. So everything went well and smoothly and actually better than I had planned if I had wrote my exams in person and all my exams weren't you know, open book or anything. And they were also made harder to avoid cheating. So it was stressful in that aspect, but I got the marks that I was aiming for. Good. And what about since? I mean, um, we'll come back to Ramadan, but otherwise, how was the transition now? Like, do you feel like you're being productive? Have you reached a new stride? Are you back into late nights and and video games? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still back into the late night Netflixing and everything, but to avoid that, I did take a computer science course and it's going to end soon. I think end of June, just to keep myself on top of everything. But again, it's not the same for me as if I was going to university and learning computer science, I guess like I'm more engaged that way. Um, Here I'm even listening to lectures. I can't really sit for long. Obviously the lectures are super long, five hours. So I am bored half the time. Yeah. Wow. Five hours, five hours. Yeah. That's crazy. Ravital, how did your semester end? And then how did you, uh, how has the transition been since? I remember I was on this committee for Relay for Life 
and we were we had like a meeting and they were like yeah we're probably gonna have to cancel the event because we heard that all schools are closing and that was like a really like wow this is actually happening moment for me because there'd been so much talk about the pandemic it was everything all over news media like you couldn't go on Twitter without seeing a million COVID-19 jokes, memes, everything was just COVID. And it felt like it was still kind of something a little far away. And then that's what made it all really like sink in that this is actually happening. And I was super excited to not have to commute. (laughs) And I felt like I was gonna do so much better because I have all this time that I don't, I can wake up whenever I want. And now, like, I have never, ever thought that I would miss a library this much, <laughs> like, what I would do to go to the library and not be in my loud house and just study. Are there <laughs> lots of people in your library. house? Like, you, you said loud, like, are there lots of people in your house that make it difficult, or is it just your family's loud? <laughs> There's, like, three of you. My family's loud. Like, <laughs> I just have a little sister, a little brother, and a dog, and everyone's running or barking or screaming or something all the time. <laughs> So I have to like close my, like before I close my door, I have to scream like, I'm studying now. And then only then will I be left alone. <laughs> so Are there, are there any, um, are, are you taking any courses right now? Sorry. Yeah, I'm taking a psychology course, which is my first like actual full online course that I'm taking. And like Ariba said, I, I like feel like I learned better in a, a like a lecture environment where there's somebody who ha- kind of like created the structure and like the lesson plan for you. And then you just have to follow along to that. And I really miss like deadlines. Cause it's, I'm finding it really hard when every day kind of rolls onto the next one. It feels like every day is just a really long continuous day. That's going to so, be the title yeah. of your auto. That's going to be the title of your autobiography. It's going to be, I miss libraries and deadlines. <laughs> and everybody will buy it because they will be really curious why you would possibly miss those things. I feel like um, that's the least relatable statement ever to say. Uh, actually, I'm sure there's going to be lots of listeners who feel the same way. Like it really does come down to your learning style and what you need to succeed, right? And it sounds like you need quiet spaces um, where you can focus, where they feel like they're focused. Um, Ariba needs to be interacting with people, but Kayla really likes learning from reading and, and doing things on her own, which, and it's, everybody's got their own different battles. So uh, it's cool that you guys are sharing yours with our with us. So let's let's uh, talk about your summer plans because you all had pretty big side of the summer plans that were scuttled or, or opportunities that you were hoping to engage in. So let's talk about those a little bit more and how you felt about that. Kayla, we'll start with you because I know your situation a little bit better than everybody else's because we we started there was a lot of email traffic as we are uh, the unknowns were still coming in. So. Tell us a little bit about where you were supposed to go. I know you mentioned it, but just for the context, tell us again. And then um, what you had hoped to gain from the experience that you now may not get. Earlier in uh, this past school year, I applied um, for the ICE exchange. So it's um, inorganic chemistry. And honestly, I don't really know why I applied for it. And I think I remember telling you that, Brian, I just kind of you know, piqued my interest enough. So I was like, oh, okay, uh, you know, I'll see, see where this goes. Why not type of thing. So then I started doing some reading and on the different professors that I could work for. Uh, Dr. Stephanie McQuarrie is doing a lot of interesting research related to biochars. 
which is, from what I understand, is a substance that can kind of absorb a lot of carbon emissions. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. So she selected me to work for her this summer, and I was supposed to go work for her out east at Cape Breton University for four months. But unfortunately, that didn't go as planned. And for our listeners, Cape Breton is in Nova Scotia. It it would have been a great spot to go. You know, it, it's funny because sometimes people do things and they're not really sure why. And then, but then they start to fall in love with the idea mm-hmm. of the opportunity, right? Like, you know, what could happen or, oh, what an adventure, you know, like sometimes it takes a long time to warm up. So, all right. So yeah. you now are starting to hear about COVID and this is March and no one really knows the answer to how long it's going to last. There's huge uncertainty. What did you feel was being pulled away from you throughout that time until maybe now? Okay, so in the spirit of being candid, I was kind of upset because I think a large pull for me was that this experience would look really good on a resume. And I'm looking into like grad school and stuff like that. So I think for me, my biggest fear was that, you know, I would be missing out on this experience. And like, that was something that I was really counting on for my resume. So yeah, like as you're saying, Brian, there's just so much uncertainty. I think we were going, you know, back and forth with Tom for a good like month and a half to kind of, you know, figure out what was happening and stuff like that. And I don't know, it was very stressful for sure. Luckily it's kind of working out. So what did we what did we yeah. come up with? We're not we we haven't figured it all out yet, but we figured out most of it now. So luckily we could do this. Can you explain that? Mm-hmm. During like a correspondence with uh, Dr. McCory, you know, I threw out the idea that some of the other students that didn't get to complete their exchange this summer were doing, and it was working at labs at their school for the professors, you know, in a different province. So I got that idea and I brought it up to her. And that was kind of when she and I and you, Brian, thought it would be beneficial to kind of see if we could collaborate on some stuff. So I think it kind of started because you guys in your lab are doing, are you guys doing work with Ligon? And I kind of forget how. Yeah, similar research, similar, historically similar research, but yeah, just for everyone's benefit, from my perspective, it's a bit of a silver lining because ultimately Kalo bridged a, a, a potential collaboration that I would never have had the time or maybe the energy to pursue. Uh, and just last week we had a joint group meeting, uh, again, everybody sitting in their living room from around the, the country, but, uh, you know, having a group meeting across two time zones, which is just kind of cool. And so that's a silver lining for me, but that's not necessarily a silver lining for you, except that you still are, I think it's, it's a paid position still, right? We're still, you're still going to get compensated from home, right? Yeah, I am. I think for me, I'm actually, like you said, uh, I'm starting to get more interested in kind of, you know, the ideas that we had and where they can go and just, yeah, it's getting, getting a little more interesting and it's like turning my wheels and like thinking of potential, you know, ways we can go about researching stuff related to lagging and stuff like that. So I'm looking yeah. forward to starting. It's very cool. Very cool. Ariba. So you uh, had planned to do research and uh, I don't know, I don't know if it was going to be a paid position or if it was just a, a volunteer experience. 
<clears throat> it was a volunteer experience at a biochem lab. And with, you said with Dr. Gupta, right? Gupta, right. And so what, so think about, you know, the transition now. I mean, we're good. We all are making do with what we have, of course, but how did that make you feel when you kind of got the news or you, the realization hit that that, that wasn't going to happen? So I was stressed out because since first year, I made a plan on what to do every year. And I guess second year was mainly volunteering and getting as much experience as I can as possible because I was planning to study and write the MCAT for third year. And I wanted to do everything in second year so that I don't have to worry about it in third year and then hopefully get into med school or maybe change of plans, who knows. But since this has happened, I've been super stressed out because now I don't know what to do. I can't really get the experience that I want exactly. And I'm not... I don't feel like I'm in the mindset to write the MCAT, I guess. So for me, it's mainly like, okay, if I don't write the MCAT now, then third year is going to be a lot of more pressure trying to get that experience and studying full time. So it's just been stressful lately. What, what, uh, what do you, what's, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, I, that's not my lived experience, but what, how did you, when you, you said you had that plan all like, like you had your four years all planned out, like yeah. that would, this would really suck. Like this is pretty much the wrench that would like, or the straw that would break the camel's back right. or whatever cliche you want to use. Um, how did that make you feel? So at first hopeless, I was like, okay, maybe I have to kind of change my whole career. But then I was like, just because I'm being quarantined doesn't mean I have to change my whole life path. Like I have to work around it and kind of make it work. And sometimes your four years don't work out traditionally as they used to, because like I've talked to a lot of med students and they've always said research in second year, write the MCAT in third. So I was like, maybe I have to switch it up. And if I'm not in the mindset now, I can still start studying. So I'm ready enough and maybe take it not traditionally in August, but maybe in another month, um, December, when I don't have school after finals. And then yep. maybe third year after I have the MCAT done, start researching and volunteering. Yeah. And I mean, there's no playbook that works for everything, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's dynamic. And, and if it's any consolation, everybody who was in that year with you is going through the exact same thing. And I have no idea what they're thinking about down the road in terms of medical school admissions, because there's so many unknowns, right? Right. About right. And, and I feel like um, I'm such a person who I get stressed out when everything's unorganized. Like I need everything to be like in a timely man manner and like exactly by the book because I, I, I follow that way and it has to be that way. Even when I'm studying, like what time I study to what time I sleep, like everything is planned and um, what I'm complaining every single day. So now that everything's like kind of upside down, it's, it's really stressed me out a lot, but I guess like it kind of taught me like, you're not always going to be in the situation that you want to be, or in the future, you're not going to always be working with the people that you want to be. And you just have to kind of work around it. Yeah, control is a thing that sometimes you got to let go of for sanity's right. purpose, right? Like it's a, yeah. it's an interesting situation. I'm telling you, you were going to go to Israel and you were going to, you were going to work in an ambulance. You were going to be the paramedic or how did, what, what would that role have been like? Uh, yeah, so you basically volunteer alongside paramedics and they have like a really intense course for about 10 days, um, like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then after you just like learn firsthand being on the ambulance for six weeks in whatever city you choose. So I was oh, really looking that, forward to that. 
isn't that really intense though? Like if, you know, you, you, let's say you do want to be in the medical profession, that's like the, that's like the hard to, to be in one, I would imagine, because you're going to see a lot of horrific things potentially. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Um, I'm just kind of wired backwards where I'm the least stressed out when everything around me is stressful. So if everything's super calm, I get really stressed. <laughs> um, but when I'm in those kind of chaotic situations, I feel like I'm really able to ground myself. You and Ariba should spend more time together. Though. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll, no, but she will plan your she will plan your life to a T, which will <laughs> which might stress you out. But then you'll have a nice planned life, and then she, when things like this happen to her, you'll be able to to just calm everything down and put it in perspective. I guess it's good therapy. It's it's all it's really important. Okay, so so take us to that feeling about when you made the realization that you were not going to Israel. I was supposed to go in August. So first they canceled the first two months, which were like June and July. And then I was like, please don't get an email that I'm not going as well. And then they sent the email saying, yeah, sorry, everything is canceled for the whole summer. And I was just kind of like, well, what now? Because I'm also in co-op. So I didn't apply to really any co-op positions for the summer because I knew that I wasn't going to be here. I was going to be doing that. So now I'm like, out of a co-op position and out of the that volunteering experience. So I'm really trying to find a way to make sure I can still be productive this summer and not just waste all this time. I mean, have you looked down that line of like co-op opportunities? Have you started, when did you find out about this? If, it, if they told you August was canceled, it must've been fairly recently, right? It was, I believe in April, like they told us around end of April that um, they, August was going to be canceled because so they didn't want to so take the, any risks and have people put in their deposits and buy their flight tickets and then for sure and so yeah. this wasn't uh this is this is something that you now have uh you've come to terms with and you're now looking at plan b's and c's again we're going to do something together in terms of lab development all these other projects we've been talking about but what what are you worried about what concerns you the most about the future then can you do this again can you do it next year in theory yeah, so right now I just, I'm going to do it next summer and co-op is still going to give us all a credit this summer. Um, they're going to do an online course instead because a lot of people didn't get placements due to the pandemic. And then I've also just been looking at opportunities to volunteer online because I know for sure Kids Help Phone is looking for volunteers because there's a lot of like kids, especially under 18 who are stuck in really toxic households that are looking for someone to talk to. So that's always like a good way to get involved. And then of course, studying for the MCAT. That uh, kids help, kids helpline really sounds like a good one. I was actually thinking about volunteering on those. There's a helpline for older people too, who don't get to mm -hmm. see their families because of the different mm -hmm. situations they're in. And I think that seems like a, a worthwhile cause and you can do it from home and you're talking to people. And if that doesn't wear you out, then yeah, that's, that's a good thing. How would you, how would you class yourself? Would you can, and this is for everybody. So we'll start back with Kayla, an introvert or an extrovert, Kayla? I think it really depends on the setting, to be honest. Like I know at school, I'm definitely a little more introverted, but if I go out people I don't know for like dinner or something, something that's more relaxed, I think I'm pretty extroverted. It just depends. So would you say that being kept in isolation has been something that wears you out not seeing people or is it something that you're just fine right now? It's like 50-50. I don't really mind 
being by myself or just uh, hanging out with my family, but it's more just the fact that now I'm not going out east this summer. I would have liked to kind of live it up, I guess, so to speak, um, with my friends because I'm in Woodstock right now. So we always like to get together when everyone comes home for holidays. So we can't do that right now. And it's frustrating. Fair enough. Uh, Reba, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I think like initially I'm like super shy in the beginning, but I just need a few minutes to like warm up to the person. And then obviously then I won't, I guess, stop talking then. So (laughs) I guess I am an extra extrovert, but being in quarantine, like I feel like I've gotten so much more time to myself that I, I like it better than seeing everyone that I used to at, at a constant basis. Is that is that true? Also, so, I mean, you just you just uh, experienced Ramadan and Eid. What was that like? In the beginning, when Ramadan started, I was devastated not being able to see people as, because I do want to see people on special occasions and meet family and everything. So spending Ramadan like quarantine alone, not eating food with people that I know and want to spend time with, was kind of it was really sad in the beginning. And, but then, you know, I thought that spiritually, like the main purpose of Ramadan, I kind of saw this year, like the main reason why we do Ramadan, we pray and we ask for forgiveness and everything. I feel like I fulfilled that this year more than I would have um, previous years because I was so caught up in the celebration aspect and like the parties aspect that I didn't really spend time to, you know, um, connect with the, my religion. Cool. So there's a bit of a silver lining there then. Right. Awesome. And Ravital, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I think naturally I'm a really introverted person. Uh, Like I really enjoy keeping to myself and doing things alone. But being in quarantine for so long definitely made me miss my friends and realize that I need to be reaching out a lot more, which I have been trying to do. So I've been trying to emulate what my extroverted friends do. And so it hasn't been like at first it was like an introvert stream. I could sit at home and sleep whenever I wanted and do whatever I wanted. But I think eventually everyone misses seeing the people they care about and especially seeing my family because um, I had Passover as well. And we usually do it at my grandmother's house. But uh, obviously, like we couldn't risk seeing family and especially seeing our grandparents because of the pandemic. So that was definitely really weird and it made everything have kind of like a, a mellow tone to it. But we still, we figured out how to get everyone to get a Zoom link and we did Passover over a Zoom call, which was really cool. We all had like our own dinners set up and we coordinated a time and we all had like our laptops on the table and it felt like we were all together. So we had to get creative, but desperate times desperate measures yeah i've got a big smile because i could just see like i i just it's like almost a, a futuristic movie where you're like kind of everyone's <laughs> virtually sitting around a table and i don't know i just i think it's cool that that, that we are finding ways uh, to cope through all of this one of the things i think i'm concerned about and this is maybe feedback that you could provide me and just general to get the conversation started what could faculty do to support you better and so I guess not necessarily now, but if we, if we think pan forward to the fall, what could we do differently in this situation to make this a better situation and for everyone's learning or the learning environment? And we'll start again with you, Kayla. What could faculty do differently 
I definitely had one prof last semester that I, I personally uh, didn't find uh, very uh, sympathetic to what was going on. But I think for the most part, the profs were really good in the transition. They uh, opened up more office hours and were definitely more attentive, uh, you know, to answering emails as fast as possible. They also, like I said previously, kind of made all of our information and lecture slides available kind of like right away. So there's two types of formatting, right? Like I can give you a live lecture and then there's still, it could be recorded and you can just take and do whatever you want with the recording, or I could just record it and you can just play through it when you want. So it's not as, uh, it's, it's more staged. I guess it, it's more like a downloading a film on Netflix as opposed to being in a live yeah. moment, which do you have any preference of those two things? Myself? Uh, not really. I think that, um, you know, if you recorded the live lecture and um, uploaded it later, much like uh, you did with the orientation video today. I think that's helpful, but there was some profs that were still doing live lecture and only live lecture and not uploading them for some of my classes. And that was, I think, really unhelpful because, you know, I understand that like we're at home and like there's not a lot to do, but it was also like there's a lot of sickness going around and people were really stressed out that I don't think that was the best move. But I think that as long as students have access to the information for you know um, whenever they need it and to go back and be able to fact check that would probably be most helpful and again i'm just concerned about this whole idea of you know making sure that you are you're with people right like the idea that you can you can make a difference i think that idea of having maybe more accessible or more office hours is a mm -hmm. is a good way do you think that you would use those office hours if it was like organic again and there was like a big room and they and there were more than five people in the office hours would you say something or would would the digital format make it more amenable to ask a question that you may feel is too basic i personally never went to office hours but i did go to that like one of the like the slg groups and yeah. i didn't really know anyone in there but I didn't feel like I couldn't speak up because ultimately we were all there for the same reason a question that I was asking was like likely you know what five other people in that room were thinking so Fair. so you, you you don't get embarrassed by asking questions then yeah like you're there so. because you don't know what you're doing or you're confused and everyone else in that room is feeling the exact same way so fair enough yeah fair enough Ariba, what, what could uh, faculty do better to make this learning experience better for you? So um, I do agree with Kayla. Most of my profs were super nice about the situation. There were a few who weren't too accommodating, I guess. And I know it's online, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's easier for every single student. But I guess like for me, I personally like when the lectures are, are at like the, a specific time so that I can be like, you know, everything's scheduled in my day, but um, also they should be recorded and then, you know, released on that day as well. Because sometimes, you know, a few things do happen, you sleep in, you miss the lecture. So you can always access it whenever you want to. Radhita, what, what, what could the faculty do better to help your learning? I think the only thing that is really important is just to be mindful of all the different learning styles. Like for me, I learn best audio visually. I couldn't only read and, uh, referring back to your question about if it should be 
live and then recorded. I think it's a better idea to do it live just because for me personally, I had two different profs. Uh, one would do the live lectures and then upload them and then the other just pre-recorded. And I found that I was keeping up a lot better with the one that was doing them live because I had a set time that I dedicated just to those lectures. And I people seemed a lot less hesitant to ask questions when it was through a Zoom call because it was just like, like just your screen name, I guess. And like a lot of people have that social anxiety from raising your hand in a lecture, but I guess it's easier to ask a question when you're just typing it out. So I think it's like good for people who don't want to go to office hours or who just won't feel shy asking questions in a typical lecture setting. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely agree. It's it, like, it's the anonymity is there, right? If you want to fire a question in the chat thing, it's, it's super easy to, it's super confusing if it's you though, if you're the host, because <laughs> you just see it as like a big list of things happening and you're like, oh, I can't find that point. You go scrolling up and then somebody answers something else and then it moves back down to the bottom. It's more, <laughs> it's really tricky, but I am starting to appreciate that you, there seems to be more comfort in that. Ariba, did you remember what you were going to say? Yeah. I just want to add on that um, I found it uh, way better to have your virtual office hours, I guess, because when I find myself in the SLGs, I agree with Kayla, like I don't feel like anxiety. I feel totally comfortable asking a question, but asking a professor, I don't know why I just get so shy and nervous because sometimes I have a question that was answered probably in a lecture that was two weeks ago. So I don't want them to think like I'm super behind or anything like that so I guess like virtually I feel like it's more comfortable they can't really see my face I guess and I can just yeah. ask and also too I think it's it's easier you can be in the room quietly listening and you don't feel like you're taking up space and I know that it's always been a struggle for me to have office hours because my office hours when I know it works for you guys a lot of people aren't on campus and so where will you be now you'll be at home so it <laughs> will all be at home so it should be pretty easy to accommodate that all right, I have one last question uh, that I'd like everyone to, to, to answer before we go. Um, what has been your silver lining in all of this? If you had to pick one thing, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about school, it could be more social, economic, or social in terms of your own situation. Um, Kayla, what has been your uh, silver lining? I've been kind of like just thinking a lot, like there's not really much else to do. Like I just you know, kind of keep, um, you know, cycling through thoughts and, you know, um, overthinking. And while that's bad, I think it's also been really helpful because it's given me a lot of time to really reflect and figure out things that are important to me and things that, you know, I want to do better or things that are like toxic and I want to remove from my life. So I think that the fact that this quarantine has given me, you know, time to think and reflect is probably the biggest silver lining. Yeah, and there's lots of situations that people will say, you know, I've been, I've been meaning to do that. If only I had more time, I've been meaning to do yeah, that. Exactly. And, and now you can really clear that list off because if you're still not doing it, you really aren't going to. Yeah. <laughs> Ariba, Ariba, what about you? What, what has been your silver lining? So I guess I've always been that type of person who used like school as an excuse for not doing anything else. Like I was like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm studying. And I would be like, oh, I'm constantly studying. I don't have time to do anything else. And so now that I have all this time that I have to do anything, 
I guess now I'm thinking more of what else can I do? Like, I just want to do more and more. Like, um, I'm also a worker at Kuma, so I, I get um, kids um, stuff at home and I just grade and mark them here. And then sometimes I meet them on a Zoom call if I have to go over concepts. Thinking of another volunteer opportunity, I joined um, obviously today's um, Sci 99. I just, I'm thinking of doing more and more and more, uh, more than I would have thought if this hadn't happened. Because for me, I'm always thinking I'm too busy to do anything else. There's always more to life than school. That's true. And especially after school's done, right? Like this is, this yes. is preparing you all for life after school. For sure. Ramatau, what, what, uh, what has been your yeah. silver lining? I think I've just had a lot of time to do a lot of introspection and figuring out myself. And I learned a lot about my learning styles and kind of got into spirituality. I've had time to read for the first time, just read for fun for like two years. So that has been really fun as well. And just finding times for hobbies and things that you just like to do and don't have anything to do with school or post-grad or resumes or anything. So that's awesome. been really nice. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds nice. And in fact, this whole conversation has been really nice for me because you're more than just faces, I guess, in a lab, in a lab coat. <laughs> you're, you're real people <laughs> and you're lovely people. We'll have to get you back on the pod again soon because I've really enjoyed chatting with you this afternoon. And I'm really excited about having you guys all involved in our lab development project. And I look forward to the next time we can chat. So thank you. Me too. <laughs> all right, everybody. Enjoy the thank rest you. of your day and I will catch up with you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you again. Thank you. Good. Bye. 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 Bye.